whoever wins the World Cup, you're just going to have an amazing time. Not all teams can get the victory. What sort of a position women's football holds inside the halls of power of FIFA? I wish I could go to Australia because I know it's going to be fantastic. The ticket. Revelations. Hello, welcome to Ticket to the Cup podcast. It's another great day at the World Cup. Yeah. And Sevet Uzunlar is with me, Matilda number 162. You tell them why it's so great. Oh my God, Morocco and Colombia, but more so Morocco. What a story. Um, you mentioned to me earlier, 72 ranked country. Um, first World Cup um, is through to the knockout stages. Um, they were going crazy after the game. I was too, my voice is sore. What a way to finish the group stages. It was so phenomenal. So just to give you some sort of context, in the other game, um, you know, part of the same group was Germany and Korea. Germany had beaten Morocco 6-0 in the first encounter. The King of Morocco, King Mohammed VI, sent a letter to the girls, basically saying, we believe in you, we support you, don't be down. Well. They weren't down. They got right back up again, beating Colombia. And then right at the end, there was still a couple of minutes to go in the Germany game. If Germany beat South Korea, Morocco was out. Moroccans are standing on on the sideline with all the coaching staff and they're watching one little mobile phone trying to see the result of the Germany game. And when it happened, oh my gosh, you want to see a group go feral? That's what we saw. It was wonderful. Great scenes. It was fantastic. And look, it wasn't all in their hands, but to have that little bit of luck um, for for a country who lost 6-0 and then came back with such spirit and joy. I don't know if that's culturally part of who they are as a nation, but wow, they gave themselves the best chance, a bit of luck, and now they're through. Yeah, and so behind the scenes too, uh, a $65 million investment in a state-of-the-art facility in Morocco happened in 2019. It was a donation from the King and it was for the national teams, men's and women's. And this kind of spurred on a whole lot of change. So Morocco's had women's players before and a national team, but they've never really done anything, never really had any support, never had any money invested in it. So they now share this facility with the elite men's team who got to the semi-finals in Qatar at the Men's World Cup at the end of last year. And now we're seeing this from the women. It is really fantastic. Uh, Tom Wildey was at that match. Let's have a listen to how he saw it all unfold. There was an enormous cheer as the final whistle was blown here in Perth, confirming Morocco's 1-0 win against Colombia, a result which kept their World Cup hopes alive. But it was moments after that as the result from Brisbane filtered through a one-all draw between Germany and South Korea that the crowd and players erupted. Emotions spilling out onto the pitch as the Moroccans found out they were through to the knockout stages in their first appearance at a World Cup. That's too easy! That's too easy! Go Morocco, go! It was a carnival atmosphere in Perth all afternoon. A huge crowd, predominantly Colombian, here to celebrate what was an extremely entertaining game of soccer in which the Colombians knew a draw was enough to get them through at the top of Group H. Uh, In the end, the loss 
doesn't de derail their World Cup chances. They will play Jamaica, the reggae girls, in the round of 16, while the Moroccans now face the daunting task of playing one of Europe's powerhouses, France, in the knockout stages. But what a game to bring down the curtain on Western Australia and Perth's involvement in the Women's World Cup. A crowd of more than 17,000, Morocco beating Colombia 1-0 to book their place in the knockout stages. All right, so uh, do we need to talk about Germany, South Korea? We probably should, uh, even though both teams went out. And this was the most amazing thing. Normally, at a match, there's one team celebrating, one team depressed, part of the crowd celebrating, part of the crowd depressed. At this game, they were just both depressed. Everyone was sad, weren't they? I mean, it started off 1-0 to South Korea, which, again, Germany were probably thinking, here we, here, here we go again. And then they came back 1-1, levelled it. I mean, look... Germany hit the post, I think, once after that. I mean, but again, if you don't put yourself in those scoring op opportunities and finish, then, then you risk losing games or drawing games or dropping points. Um, sad to see that game finish and them both being very upset. But when, when I flicked over to Colombia and, um, <laughs> Columbia and, and Morocco, Morocco, I was happy for both <laughs> of them. But yeah, look, Germany's out, South Korea's out. Again, heavyweights, Germany, Canada, Brazil, you know, these nations that you think would go through are now out. And these other countries that are coming through, it's actually made it quite exciting. Yeah. yeah. You know what else? It's such a reflection. This is what I love about sport. It's a reflection of the world. You look at how the world is shifting. It's really turning on its axis a bit. And, and we see that played out in sport. You know, the traditional nations that kind of ran everything and had the power yeah. are starting to sort of be pushed out to the sidelines as these new emerging powers are coming through. Yeah, and it's interesting, like when you put time and focus and resources into something with, with detail and care, the right coaches, staff, it's amazing what these other countries can do when previously they never had that. Yeah. So it was always those top kind of five to 10 countries that would sit at the top. So it's great, it's fantastic. Well, let's head to Brisbane because Brittany Klein was at the Germany career game. She caught up with a few of the fans afterwards and uh, gave us this match report. Well, that's it for the group stages here in Brisbane and what a match to close out Group H with South Korea staging a surprise one-all draw with Germany. The result here tonight means that the number two ranked nation in the world are the latest competition heavyweight to make an early departure from the FIFA Women's World Cup. It's actually the first time in Women's World Cup history that the Germans have failed to progress to the round of 16. A win to Morocco over Colombia means that tonight was the final match for the Germans and Koreans who will now bow out of the competition. 39,000 fans here in Brisbane tonight bore witness and were surprised by the results. It's very surprising. Um, but the problem was already the game before. It was clear that um, Korea would want to um, defend, defend, defend. And one lapse at the beginning, the first goal, um, similar to the goal against, uh, or the second goal against um, um, Colombia, um, it's deserved. There were plenty of chances there, weren't there? There were, but less than I thought that they would be able to create. They were just not able to break down the very dense um, zone and um, the Koreans uh, fought really, really, really hard and it's deserved, right? How are you feeling about that result tonight? Uh, it's probably a fear, but unfortunate for Germany. Are we surprised? 
Um, yes, I wasn't expecting that, but it's very disappointing. Yeah, it was a good game, and South Korean women re did a really good job. Were you surprised to see them draw with the number two ranked nation in the world? Yeah, that's right. But this is not the first time men's national team already sent Germany to their home in the, in the men's World Cup. Last game, are you disappointed to see that the women don't progress through to the next round? Uh, no, that's all right. They, they did a really good job today. Yeah, I'm so happy. Yeah. Okay, so that's the round of 16 matches. Switzerland plays Spain, Netherlands take on South Africa, Japan plays Norway, Sweden takes on the US. Not convinced the US is going to get through that yeah. one. Yeah, they're not, they're not playing too well, but let's see how they go. Sweden are actually starting to come good, so that'll be a tough game for them, US. England, Nigeria. I feel like if I pick someone, I am going to be wrong because this has been so unpredictable. I'll say England. I'll say England. Okay, so okay. I'll say Nigeria okay. then because if you're going to be wrong. <laughs> then you can be right. So that's good. Yes, all right. All right, Jamaica, Colombia. What a game oh. that is going to be given what we've seen from these two teams. Yes, both, both very exciting, um, very attacking, a lot of energy, joy, lots of fans as well, very loud. It'll be a fantastic game. I don't know, Tracy. I don't know. Okay, that one I don't know. This is one of those ones. Can't we have both of them go through? Probably not. Yeah. Going to take too much lobbying, FIFA, to change all the rules, all the systems. Uh, Australia, Denmark. Yeah, look, we should win that one. Um, again, it's it's knockout World Cup football, so it's not going to be an easy game. But if we play to uh, an an attacking mentality, I think we will get the job done. France-Morocco will determine who Australia meets in the next round, should we beat Denmark. So that would be a quarter-final. But France-Morocco is so interesting because most of the Moroccans that live outside of Morocco live in France. And there is such a tight-knit group there of 1.146 million Moroccans. Wow. We know who they'll be going for in this game. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting for France. Yeah, I think, again, when when you're a contender to win win these games, when you come up against a country who has such um, excitement, very unpredictable, has gotten results, has had some luck and is starting to feel like they can actually do something, um, it can be very nervy. So it'll be a great game. I think... If France come out to play, I think France should take it. But again, I can be wrong. And this World Cup has been very exciting. So it'll be a great game to watch. Now, we did hear some press conferences yesterday from uh, the Matildas team. We're going to take a listen to those now. I mean, that's just part of the job. It's just like a striker scoring. It's my job to save goals. So, um, you know, after the Nigeria game, um, I did want to get move on and play the next game and get a good performance under my belt and um, I feel like I did that along with the rest of the team and especially the back line so um, yeah I'm glad I could contribute um, my way to keeping a clean sheet. Um, um, I don't so much think we went out there and played for Sam. Um, obviously three weeks um, it's always gonna, it's always going to be you know, better to give her an extra week's recovery. Um, she was available if we needed her. Thankfully, we didn't need her. So, you know, it was great that we were able to give her another um, week's recovery. But in terms of um, going out there and playing for Sam, um, I don't I don't know that was the narrative behind it. But um, 
yeah, it's it's been good that we were able to get the win and be able to give her another week's recovery. Claire, you are in your home city. Um, you started not far from here. In fact, your career did start here at CUSAC. What has this whole experience meant for you? Yeah, to be honest, it's been pretty surreal um, to be back where it all began for me um, at a World Cup and it's, yeah, it's sort of come full circle. So it's um, something I never thought would happen in my career and, um, yeah, I've just yeah loved every moment of it. I feel like we're in a really good spot. Um, we topped the group. Um, we were under pressure in the last game and, and the way that we went about the Canada game, the way we prepared, the way we executed, um, it was just really mature professional performance from us and I think um, that gives us a lot of confidence going forward. The ticket. So that you are involved in coaching, yes. uh, you know, you have discussions with various people of various generations in your day-to-day job. What sort of feedback are you getting about this World Cup? What are people thinking and, you know, have they bought in? Are they enjoying it? Is it different to what they imagined? Um, I think right now this World Cup has been the biggest yet, especially for fans here in the country. Obviously, co-hosting it makes a big difference. Um, There's been a lot of media and press conferences. I think the team itself... Um, has gotten so much better in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. I'm not taking anything away from the old, but we've got players who are playing overseas who are who are making real um, headway within leagues. Obviously, Sammy Kerr's the big, big one, but Caitlin Fords, Mary Fowler's, all these players, um, they're not just... I don't want to be rude, but, like, they're not just fill-ins. Like, these are actual players that are playing, so... Um, yeah, this, definitely this World Cup has been probably the biggest um, and it's interesting to see from here on whatever happens now, what's going to happen for the next one coming forward. Yeah. Well, as always, been great talking to you. Enjoy your day and enjoy the rest of the World Cup. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tracy.